Now the sun. Hickam's Dictum. A podcast about pretty much everything. Episode 2. I thought I saw a ghost. Hi everyone, welcome to Hickam's Dictum. My name's Amy. I'm Ben. My name's Harris. Oh, and I'm Layla. Um, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Complain about the English language, ghost stories, and colourblind casting. Why English language sucks? Yeah, why does it suck? My main beef with the English language is how the same word is used for multiple different contexts with different pronunciations with the exact same fucking spelling. For example, read and read spell, have spelt the exact same, lead and lead spelt the exact same, um, polish and polish, um, produce and produce, 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 I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. <laughs> That's why I hate the English language, it's stupid, okay? And let's just say the entire sentence, I wouldn't even figure out what that word means, but in most, like, you know, most other situations, the word alone has its own thing. Things, in all fairness, Arabic also does something quite similar, but they recently introduced pronunciations to make, prevent that confusion from occurring anymore. Arabic vowels. Yeah, exactly. Wait, they introduced a system to make it easier. Yeah, by introducing um, punctuations on top of each letter. So the letters are still the same, okay. but they just have punctuation to know how to pronounce it properly. Because normally it was based on what the words were behind it. And it's like the English language is not developed further enough to incorporate the same method. I think they just got lazy and were like, it works, we're done. Yeah, I mean, I presume we're just used to other people doing the work for us and then we just take full credit. <laughs> Hold on. In, in dictionaries and even in Wikipedia, it shows you how you pronounce the words. Yes, but you don't have to read, you shouldn't be able to read a dictionary while you read a book. Consta- like, no one in reads this a dictionary age of anymore. Yeah, we use the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Oh my god, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Actually, when oh. I was younger, I was forced, to, uh, uh, many occasions I was forced to write out the dictionary. Oh, wow. Why? No way. Yeah. I hated English. Was it effective? Nope. That might be why you hate English. <laughs> I remember one day I um, I was writing an essay and it was like 12am, so I was tired and I had too much coffee, so I was a bit loopy by this point. So I got this like massive old dictionary from my granddad's house. And just started leafing through it to find interesting words. And oh my god, I booked uh, bookmarked so many random pages. And my teacher was like, what the fuck is this? Why are these like random archaic words being used in your essay? And I was like, lol, it was fun. Um, did you not know the existence of Word document? And right clicking it to check the synonym? For some reason he wanted us to write them out. Um, which I think he immediately regretted when he saw my handwriting. Brilliant. After that, he was like, no, no, it's okay. You can, like, use a Word document. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, I... so... Oh, sorry. Go on, Ben. But I was going to say, like, it's interesting because, like, a lot of our, most languages just sort of develop naturally, which English does, which is why it's so fucked up. It's not... Okay, That maybe that's harsh on it, but, like, why it's so weird. But there are there are constructed languages... Like, there's a language called Esperanto, which was designed to be a global language, so that you only have to learn one secondary language. And it was, like, an entirely made-up language made in, like, not that long ago, like, 1887. So, I found this quiz. Well, actually, I've done this before. 
Um, so it's by the New York Times, um, and it's a way to figure out where you're from, or is a way to guess where you're from in the UK based on your dialect. Done by Americans. Um, I'm not sure if this is actually made by an American, but anyway. So I thought I'd ask these questions, and you guys could maybe. So you're going to speak your... this out loud, and we have to give our judgment on how you pronounce it. No, no, no. So I would, I would ask the question, and you, Mm -hmm. you guys answer it, and we'll see if any of you come up with different answers. Obviously, I'd expect Layla and Harris Mm -hmm. to have the same answers. We'll see if we deviate. I'm not sure we will. Uh I don't think you guys will deviate that much, but if anyone does, it's probably Ben. So the first question is: How do you pronounce the words F U L L and F O O L. Differently. And fool. <laughs> Wait, how how do you pronounce the two words, Layla? Full and fool. Yeah. Yeah. Fool, They're both. They sound fool. completely different. Well, not completely yeah. different, but they sound obviously different. Fool, fool. Full and fool. Fool, fool. Fool, fool. Do you pronounce them the same? You accentuate the O, the... and the other one you accentuate the L. I feel like you're saying them in a very I similar feel like way. I say... Are you saying that Layla is full, or Layla is a fool? Fool. Both. Layla is full. Le- Layla is a fool. Neither. Am I saying it differently? Like, I feel like I'm saying it differently, but very, are. very subtly. Yeah. Full, full. So, you're, you're saying different, then? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay, so how do you pronounce S C O N E? Scone? 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 Is that not scone? Scone. scone. No, you it's say spelled scone. Scone. No, no, bone. It, I'm, it, I'm so it, it rhymes with bone. Scone and bone. Scone. It's scone. Oh, yeah, I'm with Ben. No, this one. Gone. Scone sounds better. It's gone. Yeah. It's scone. It's scone. And then it's okay. gone. It's scone. <laughs> and I, I believe this. <laughs> nice one, nice one. Good pun, good pun. No, I think I'm with Ben. I think it is scone. You're outvoted, Harris. I know. Mm, I've completely disapproved. We're both wrong. Okay, so the next question is How do you pronounce the words D O O R and P O O R? Door and poor. Or door. Yeah. Or door. They rhyme. They rhyme. The options are. Yeah, rhyme they're, they're, or do rhyme. Wait, how do you not pronounce Actually, them the same? On the last one, I feel like I've always felt like scone is a posher version than scone. So That's I'm, what I'm, I'm I. Kind of, yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that that Harris. In this case, has somehow taken on the posher version. No, but in all fairness, Harris is part of a posh area. <laughs> Of, yeah. of London, so... Oh. Okay, so the next question. What do you call a small round piece of baked yeast dough? Dough? Whole bread roll bun. Baked yeast... Like a loaf. Well, loaf? read it. Small round piece of baked yeast dough. That I would imagine like a, like a muffin, right? I guess a bun works. I'll accept bun. So that's a really vague question because is bread cake those are all different like bread. shapes of bread. That breads. is true. That is true. 
I'm I'm imagining like a bread roll then or a bun. Yeah, but it, it's... yeah, I'll take bun. I'll, I'm happy with bun. Is it because of Nicki Minaj? I don't go for bread roll. Um, which of these words would you use for a piece of long cushioned furniture in the main room of a house? Do you want to go through the list of words and then we'll start commenting? Um, yeah. Okay. So the options are. Is that sweet? Yeah, yeah sweet. sweet. Sofa, armchair. I don't know how you pronounce that word, Ben. Something lounge. Something lounge. Yeah, he's long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seat, lounge, divan? I've never heard of that. Seti? Seti, yeah. Se- couch, Chesterfield. These are such weird options. Like, go... Sofa, armchair, seat, lounge, and coach. I feel like couch. Ben says lounge. I feel like no. you say lounge, Ben. No, it's it's the furniture. So I wouldn't. So I would. I grew up with it as a sofa or a seti. So either so you're sitting what, on the sofa or the seti. Yeah. That is. I, I say, say sofa. But sofa. My dad was quite southern, and my mum was like northernish. When she grew up, so like. So what did she say? I think she said. So, I don't know if city is like. I when I say northern, I don't mean like Manchester northern. I mean like sort of slightly northern. Um, so I think like. Like Birmingham, Midlands, other side, yeah, like north of London, um, like around Leicestershire. Oh. Um, oh my god, my geography is so bad. <laughs> so like. Okay, we'll go with sofa. Wait, Harris, what? So I prefer using sofa. That's my go-to. But what do you use usually? So I'll only use armchair if it's a single-seated sofa. Then I'll call it an armchair. Otherwise, it's a sofa. If there's more than one seat, I always use sofa. Couch, yeah. not often enough. If I need to describe it to someone else and they get confused with sofa, I use okay, couch. But most commonly, sofa and armchair. Yeah. I mean, it do- in all fairness, it's, it's a piece of long cushioned oh, then, furniture. Then sofa. So sofa. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. I've never heard... What was that? A seti? Seti. I've never heard I never heard of that. Chesterfield. I thought that was like a... I thought that was a place. <laughs> I thought that was a place. Actually, quick question, since we're on this topic. What do you call a living room? Because I hear people say different things. It depends. Um, so, Like a, in a house. If I didn't have if I didn't have an entertainment room, then the living room would be the entertainment room. But if I had two what separate living rooms, one room? of them would be like if I had two separate living rooms, one would be a living room, the other one would be an entertainment room. I've never In heard your of big, an, massive an mansion. entertainment room. Yeah. Is, this, yeah, is this a mansion or something? Yeah, like in my cousin's place, we'll have the living room, which is one of them, then had another separate entertainment room, which is just longer, bigger, and had more stuff for like board games and whatnot. Hmm. Okay, I'm just thinking about sofa like a tea table a oh, telly. what would you call it or what would you have in it what would you call it living room okay ben what would you call We'd, it i call it a living room or a lounge you definitely call it a lounge yeah i'll call it my bedroom when my wife is mad at me <laughs> oh my god Layla, what do you call it oh living room and Dining room, if it's not the living room. Yeah, dining room is a separate room that you eat <laughs> dining, in. I don't... Yeah, dining room is for eating. Yeah. It is, but... I guess on an ensuite or a, a studio, then it is the same, I guess. Oh, no, Like, no. sometimes your living room is large enough to have a dining table in it, and thus it's a dining table, dining room. 
talking about like a separate living room like i i feel like that's a really different and specific s- scenario where, where you're talking about no, it there's being another an word for it plan. well there's like it's like the entertainment room and the living room put together entrance room where you hold guests and then you take them to the living room are we living in the 19th century no there's a word for it though i can't remember what the word is reading room Maybe it is. I don't think it's the reading room. Reading room. That's called the library. You... Reception. Yes, it reception room. And is it actually called, called a reception, reception room? room? I think it is the reception room. Oh yeah. Oh my god! I feel like this is way too posh. All right, we'll be talking about ghost stories because I feel like I've never talked about this with you guys. So. Before we dive into some stories that we have, well, I personally haven't experienced any paranormal activities. I just want to know, what are your thoughts on ghosts? Nonsense. They don't exist. Why do you say that? Well, you die and you're just in the ground for good fertiliser, really. I think it's a really fun idea. If they do exist, and it's really cool to like read stories about it or watch TV shows, but practicality-wise, they just don't exist. Yeah, I beg to differ, to be honest. I mean, there are far too many cases of people seeing the white light and people in one situation absolutely like, fully in detail saying exactly what happened to them in surgery when they were clinically dead because they saw themselves in third person. There's far too many cases of people having memories that they shouldn't have in the first place, like kids speaking to World War II veterans, fully knowing exactly the situation they were in, but still being an eight-year-old kid. And like the whole idea of a spirit and whatnot, in my opinion, does exist, like to justify all that. Which is a scientific explanation. I, d- I, don't, I, I don't believe in ghosts, like as a thing. I think there are, well, there are lots of like, so for me, it's a matter of likelihood, right? So there are these cases, right? So there are like people who have been in surgery and had like, and like then seen themselves from above and stuff. And to me, it's a question of well, what's more likely, right? There are uh, psychological explanations that seem, you know, that, that do seem a little perhaps far-fetched, but that seems less far-fetched than the idea that there is, that actually um, there is, you know, spirits that can exist um, without being measured at all, because typically you'd expect, if there was such a thing at this point, you know, we'd probably have pretty good evidence for it, like pretty good measurements of it. So in that sort of, um, that's not the best um, kind of justification for it, though, is it? I mean, think of the flat Earth, for example, or let's say something <laughs> more recent. Um, Nonsense. What would be a more recent example of this? Anti-vaxxers? I'm not really sure what train of thought you're going by. No, as in something that's, you know, completely disproven for a while and then suddenly everyone just changes their mind on it. Kind of like how uh... Flat Earth was considered to be normal until it wasn't. And just because there's no scientific evidence now doesn't mean there ever will be. I mean, the fact is it's still mm. unexplained. Right. But, so like, I mean, there are like, so like, for example, like, there's that kid who like said he went to surgery and saw the Christian God, right? Hmm. And it turned out, I mean, in the end, right, it turned out that that kid was actually being told what to say by his dad to make loads of money. Um, And there are, like, 
I think one thing about one thing that we need to be clear about is that our perception isn't reality, right? So we don't our brains interpret the world based on how our brains are just trying to make sense of it, right? So there are lots of things which can which can trick our brains into thinking we've seen something, right? So like when you're remembering something, each time you remember something, you remember it slightly differently. So your brain doesn't actually store every memory on a hard drive. And in the same way, a lot of these uh, paranormal things, I think are often due to our brains, you know, doing a brain fart or something, right? Like our brains sometimes act weirdly. We often hear voices. Okay, we can often but see things. There are, there, are, <laughs> there are incidents where like, multiple people have like experienced or seen the same there, thing that's there are unexplained instances. so there are instances where for example um there was one school where a kid said they felt really ill right yeah and then and a doctor inspected them um and the kid wasn't actually physically ill they just felt a bit ill but what happened was because everyone else had heard this kid was ill, they started Scarlet also fever. feeling ill. And half this school suddenly started feeling really ill, even though there was no actual illness. Because that psychology, it's that fear that actually can affect how you view yourself and the world. In the same way, like, if you've ever had that experience where, like, you're leaving a dark room, right? So the room mm. is completely pitch black. And you're leaving it. And suddenly as a kid, I remember like feeling like there was something behind you, right? Like you feel there's something behind you in this black room because there's darkness and you don't know what's there. And you suddenly find yourself rushing through the door a bit quicker than you normally would no. to get somewhere light. You've that never didn't experienced that. I didn't mind the dark. Oh my God. I used to be really scared of the dark. Actually, to be fair, in my granddad's creaky old house, that was terrifying because it was like, it's not if there's a person or a feeling, it's where are the bugs I can't see. Oh my god, <laughs> I still relate to that, yeah. I get really scared but, sometimes that there's going to be bugs crawling into my ears. See? It's not, is there a ghost behind me? It's where are the spiders and the insects and the like leeches? Well, not leeches, but earwigs, that's it. <laughs> leeches, oh my god. But that's my feeling. Okay, I, I would that's say I'm, I'm quite like agnostic <laughs> when it comes to ghosts in that I, I think it's kind of similar to Harris in that I don't know it's a bit of both it's, it's, it's very similar to all of you in that I feel like logically it doesn't make sense for them to exist but at the same time like, the, like I feel like I can't completely like 100% discount it because we still don't there's just still not enough and also i feel like people who are ghost experts aren't really hmm. taken seriously and you know like I, I totally understand why if that makes sense i mean ben saying like there's not been enough like i guess like evidence and science but from their perspective i guess there is evidence and science behind it i don't know yeah their own observations observations i mean yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I believe in it, but I'm just saying like I can see all sides to it. But I think a, a part of me does want them to be real. But oh yeah, at it'd, be really time, it'd be really. Yeah. No, well, it would be really sad as well if it is though. 
all the suffering. Yeah, from that perspective, yeah. But also, maybe our idea of ghosts or, or spirits or whatever aren't really like how we perceive it, if that makes sense. It's sort of like aliens. I mean, I could go into it 100% believe in aliens. Oh, yeah. But it might not be like how it's depicted in like films and TV and, and stories that we experience. Hmm. And just quickly, in regards to the white light thing, if you uh, get up really quickly, you get like a black uh, thing over your head, face. Not head, but like it feels like you're seeing black. But then it also, any light after that or before that also seems really white. So it might just be that they saw a light because they blacked out and then something snapped in their brain. They're like, firing of synapses or whatever. I, this is very unscientific. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then it just appeared to be light compared to darkness they just experienced. Also, I mean, this isn't really qu- quite supernatural, but have you guys ever experienced sleep paralysis? Yes, it's freaky as all hell. It's so freaky. Oh my god. Okay, so, I mean, the, the reason why I mentioned this is because I was talking to a colleague and he said that in his sleep paralysis, he envisions, like, a box on his body. And I was like, that's oh god, so that's fascinating. Weird. Like, for me, it's more like I get really, like, scared about the fact that I'm not going to be able to breathe because, like, obviously I can't move. And then... I feel like, shit, what if I don't breathe as a result of losing all my... Oh, I think I don't do that. But mine was, I took a daytime nap and I had a wall to my left that looked like a shelf if I, if lying down I was standing up. Mm. So remember, in my dream, thinking what was to my left was a shelf or like stairs or something. But it was a really weird sensation because I was also lying down. So I felt like I was about to tip forward just down the stairs or something in my dream because I thought there was a shelf beside me, but it was just a wall. It was a really weird sensation of just falling, but then like actually lying down. Yeah, I was going to say, you know that bit when you wake up, but your body doesn't move, but your brain can see and hear. Have you not had that? I haven't had that one, but I've had the things around me messing with my dreams. Okay, interesting. So yeah, I don't know, like maybe the people, we could also say like the people that experience like waking up from the hospital and saying, oh, I saw this light and stuff. Maybe they were experiencing some sort of level of sleep paralysis. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. That's actually, that's a point. Probably actually. Because it's also a thing of people that if you're lucid dreaming, it feels like Mm. a really weird sensation. Because you're not meant to be able to control your dreams to an extent, but then you do. So it's you feel kind of godly in that moment where you can it. control your yeah. dreams. <laughs> oh, okay. So does anyone actually have like ghost stories, paranormal stories? Um, so there was one written um, in my primary school newsletter. I can't remember the details of the names of the characters because I hate names. So yeah. I'm just going to call them Kid 1, Kid 2, Parent 1, <laughs> Parent 2. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's one uh, of my favorite Radiohead albums. I don't remember the name of the villain in the story either, because there wasn't really a villain. But um, So how it works was, um, it was after school, and one parent was running late to pick up their child, and was looking everywhere for them. So he came to the school. The school was abandoned, but not closed. Um, the janitors only. 
but the kid wasn't there, so the parent kept looking around. And there's this really specific feature of my school. We have a bell tower, which is abandoned and never touched. It's surprisingly creepy because it's quite boarded up, but it's still visibly present that we've never really removed. So it's like peeling paint all around it with boarded up windows. Um, surprisingly small, barely enough to fit one person. And so the kids, the, the, the parent like, happens to see the face of the kid in the bell tower. So he runs inside because the kid happens to be quite curious. Um, as she makes up the, all the floors and goes to the bell tower, it's completely empty. So as she exits it, she sees another face pop up in the window of the bell tower of where the door is. Um, I think since then, both the child and the parent were missing completely. And that was the main part of the ghost story that I remember. Wait, they're both still missing? Yeah, I'm not sure how we got the point of view if they're missing, but still. Damn. But that was the ghost story written in the primary school newsletter. But it's not real. Oh, of course not. How are you going to give a point of view if someone is missing? <laughs> oh, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How, how are you getting her point of view if she's missing? That would, be, that would be a weirdest newsletter of like, <laughs> this parent and this child is missing, but let me tell you this really good thing. I know, I was yes. like, oh, that's why I genuinely thought you were going to be like, oh, this is like based on okay no it's not um, based on a true story I, i'm quite certain they may have written down but it, it was it was it was just like a stupid yeah. i'm not sure who made it up but it's been the one story that's been going around belmont school for so long so if oh, you ask nice. anyone what that went to belmont they'll confirm my story nice. it's so weird actually <laughs> you know what yeah i might ask a few friends from belmont to see if they remember the bell tower ghost yeah no absolutely so this isn't my own this is actually a friend this apparently happened to her last year. So she was walking through a forest in the middle of the night. And as she was walking, she felt someone watching her. And I was like, how do you feel that sensation, if that makes sense? But I guess it is, as Ben described, like when you're a kid and you're scared of the dark and it feels like something's behind you. Maybe it was like that kind of sensation. But yeah, and it, it's really interesting because she's not the type to get scared easily. So I kind of believe her when she said she did genuinely believe like some she felt like someone was watching her. But anyway, yeah, so she tried to like uh, switch on her phone and literally the battery died immediately. And I'll get onto that later because... I was like, how's that? Like, maybe your battery was just low and stuff. Anyway, basically she had a crunch behind her, like, on the, I don't know, the path. And basically she decided, like, if she's been followed, she's not going to, like, run. Instead, she'll just, like, try and walk calmly out of the forest. So that's kind of what she did. And as she was walking along, she could just hear, like something following her she did eventually manage to get out of the forest she didn't hear the sound after that but also what she mentioned was she didn't hear any sound of like birds or like any like normal foresty sounds that's weird and it was only when she got onto like a more like residential street like busy street even though it's night that's when she heard the birds and then when she's when she checked her phone it was like on 77 percent battery 
Mm. How weird is that? <laughs> Lena's face. Mm. <laughs> so, moral of the How story: convenient. don't don't walk alone at night. So yeah, um, I guess colorblind casting's been both good and bad overall. I think I'll probably mostly be focusing on Bridgerton and Merlin, and then the other guys probably Hamilton and other ones, because I've mostly only seen Bridgerton and Merlin. Mm-hmm. But it's a good idea, but I think there are also pitfalls because you should just make well-rounded characters of color from the beginning. But at the same time, it's good that for people to see people of colour on the screen and not just, oh, it's a period drama, so they're all white. Like, If it's fantasy period, then what's the problem with having a different coloured person? Uh, any thoughts on the matter, guys? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I have... Sorry, I could literally go into Bridgerton. I know not all of you have seen it. But I have so many issues with that show. So but disappointing. In, yeah, but in terms of colorblind casting, I, I know you've said you don't really want to. Well, you don't mm-hmm. know enough about Hamilton, but I, no. I genuinely believe like that is the best example of colorblind casting because mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess it's kind of easier to do it with, with a musical though because it's all about. I feel like it's easier to objectively be like, okay, this person is a really good singer and dancer. Whereas, I don't know, like, I guess, I think with acting, it's so like, I I feel like we just haven't seen enough people of colour in in roles in acting. And obviously now it's changing the industry a bit more. But like, before it was just like, like, Viola Davis... Um, yeah or um idris elba idris elba like it was just specific names we'd see on and they'd always be typecast and they'd be typecast yeah yeah. and it's it's not that there's um that we don't have people of color who can act really well it's just that they're not really known and a famous face is more important to the publicity of the show or the movie and to get it well known to get it watched you kind of need a famous face rather than an unknown actor who can also happen to be good yeah, no, absolutely. And I think with colorblind casted, I, I think it is good in that it does offer people of color more role opportunities, for sure. I mean, more more opportunities in acting, because obviously that's something that's been like lacking. But yeah, I, I feel like there is a way of going about colorblind casting in a way that also... Uh, yeah, that that doesn't feel like you're still typecasting because it's still very easy to yeah. do that. Because I think I can't remember what it was, but I think someone recommended me a book. No, it wasn't a book. It was a post on Tumblr, I think. And the person was talking about LGBT plus people in fantasy worlds and why would they need to uh, have any kind of um, trauma or why would they need to be not be accepted? Because if it's a fantasy world. Why would you need to bring, like, the biases of this world into that world? And I think people do that a lot with race as well. It's like, oh, um, if it's, like, colorblind cast, then we have to somehow also make this character suffer a bit just because it's historically accurate, even though it's, like, fantasy history. When if it's true fantasy, you don't need to make um have any preconceived notions of the world 
they grew up in as a person because it's fantasy. And I think, I think... a lot of writers do that. Oh, yeah. For no, cheap I shot. Think you're right. And I think, I mean, th- there's a whole discussion about fantasy, but I think it mm. is so much harder. I-, I will acknowledge that it's so much harder to actually write fantasy where we have no, like, preconceived notion of our current state of the world, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think That's kind of how Lovecraft made his genius sometimes, because he was a complete freaking idiot, which allowed him to be completely creative, such as the colour from out of the world, um, as if you can see a colour that doesn't quite exist with, you know, the visual light spectrum. But a lot of his creativity is purely because of his lack of knowledge of science. For example, the doctor who lived forever with the invention of air conditioning, because he didn't fully understand how bodies actually rot and air conditioning doesn't really cool down enough room enough to preserve mm-hmm. a dead body. Like his lack of knowledge and his lack of understanding of how the world works helped him be creative. Mm-hmm. Also, his paranoia um, and his racism did really motivate him as well. But uh... <laughs> and Sorry, he had Lovecraft. some. Yeah, yeah, he had weird that. sisters as well. They used to dress him up as a girl. I think he's kind of... Um, I think he's probably abused by his family quite a bit, most likely. Yeah. Well, I think... So there's been some... I don't know if you've seen that this week there's... Or it may be a couple of weeks um, when this actually goes out. But, I mean, without going into too much detail, because I don't know all the context, but there was, there was a bit of controversy because a BBC diversity lead said mm-hmm. that the show Luther wasn't diverse. So even though Idris Elba was in the lead, the main character didn't have any black friends and didn't eat any Caribbean oh, yeah. food. Now, I think there was a fair bit of... Well, Caribbean uh, African food. Now, without all the context, I don't want to, like, berate her, berate her too much. Um, but there's definitely this thing of, well, you know, Luther, right... Uh, the, the, I think the main writer said back in 2012 that, you know, he, he was he was white, so he didn't want to try and get too much into race. So you end up with this character of Luther, um, played by Idris Elba, um, who, you know, in, in that case, while it showed sort of, well, there was diversity in terms of race, there wasn't necessarily diversity in terms of, I don't know, I, maybe that's not what I'm trying to say. I think it was that, I think what they were trying to say was it's not necessarily enough to have people of colour in front of the camera I um, think if you don't have them behind the camera in the writer's room. I don't I think, think, I think that's just lazy writing on their part. I think you do need people of colour in the writing room. But I'm just saying that if there are more white writers in the writing room, they need to step up a bit and actually research things and not be so goddamn lazy all the time. Like, it's not that hard to do a bit of research into another culture. They, other cultures do all the time. Well, I think what people, oh. didn't like was, what people didn't like, what people didn't like was the idea mm. that Idris Elba's character wasn't black enough because he didn't have any black friends and therefore he wasn't black. I, I was Which is a say, fair point. I was going to say that's actually, I find that really odd, to be honest. Like, mm, that, that, that mm. argument. I'm the thing not... is, I'm looking at the cast for Luther right, right now. I've Googled it. There are three black people and the rest are all white no other races no asians or anything else just, uh, just white. no there is indira what's her oh, face where? the ex-wife oh she's so pale i thought she was white as well i think my bad <laughs> okay <laughs> oh she's but, the girl from um, game of thrones yeah but i mean i don't know i i i always saw luth i mean idris elba's character to be 
black. Like, I, I'm, I'm just really confused by the point that's being made. I mean, I do agree there needs to be more people of colour in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I do understand that there needs to be also more people of colour, like, on screen. But I don't think it takes away from Luther no. being black, if that makes sense. I don't know. I think it's yeah, because Idris Elba plays him really well. But I think my biggest gripe is that's okay. It's a really like basic point. You know, he doesn't have to have black friends, but if they show maybe his family or people he grew up with, or a wider development of the character to include aspects of his race and heritage, that would be better. Mm. Because but otherwise, was... he's just dumped in this world, and it's like, what's the context? But at the at the same time, though, and I feel like I definitely see this more amongst like people of color mm. communities. I mm. think a lot of us are also kind of sick of constantly having like, like the the a race. Yeah, like kind oh, of like yeah. being made all about skin. So for me, like watching Luther, it was mm. so refreshing to see mm. like a character that wasn't about his skin color. Even though I do think you know him being black is a part of him, but it was really refreshing to see like a whole storyline and plot to do with his uh, career, his his personal life, and all that, and for it to not like diminish or affect him if that makes sense because i guess you don't see tv shows about white people eating fish and chips all the time do you yeah i mean that's exactly the point like i I feel like it's so rare to see that Mm. on telly i i think the 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 biggest issue Mm. and i've mentioned this probably before in the previous episode but i think the biggest issue is we need to see more people of color and all kinds of them not just one particular type and hence, that's why we need more people of colour in the writer's room, if yeah. that makes sense. Because I think when I was in uh, sixth form, we'd read a really good play called... Um, I can't even remember the name of it now, but it was really good. It was about a guy who opened up a chicken and rice shop in his local area, but he was friends with a gangster. And the son of the guy who opened the shop was like, why are you so passive? Like, Why don't you get involved in like things in the local area? And he was like, because it's not good for you. And the cast was all, like, people of colour, or, like, um, particularly, I think, African or Caribbean people. I'll find the play of it. But anyway, I think um, we're getting away from the point of colour It's kind of relevant, when, when we, but it's not oh. necessary. It doesn't have to be colourblind, because I think you just have to have more plays and more TV shows based off that situation, instead of just being like, we'll take a white person situation and just make it colourful. I think if it's think based it in be... reality. So in terms of colorblind casting, right? So something like Hamilton, like that wasn't that they sort of had people sing but didn't see them because they didn't want to. They wanted to be completely colorblind. They chose to have diversity because the point of Hamilton is it's a play about the creation of America from the viewpoint of modern day America, and so they mm. wanted that diversity, and it was really important to it. But I think when you get to like if you want like an example of like raw colorblind casting, right? If you look at something like, and I don't know whether they were colorblind casting processes, but something like in animation and video games, you are looking purely generally for voice actors, right? Um, for the most part. And actually characters don't need to be played by 
um, you know, can be played by anyone. So, like, for example, in God of War, right? God of War is a, um, is what I think the Greek god of of war in it. And, like, he's, he's very clearly white, played by two different um, black actors over the years. If you look at, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, Aloy is played by someone who's um, half Latina, right? Even though Aloy is, as far as I'm aware, a white character. So like those are examples of colorblind casting where, where you've got characters being able to play, be played by anyone. So typically, if you didn't, if you said, okay, it's a white character, therefore it needs to be a white actor, then perhaps those they wouldn't have had those opportunities to to play that character. But um, it's really interesting though that we're having these white characters in video games um, or animation even being voiced mm. by like people of color like there is that weird yeah. implication of are we just better behind like yeah. a white face if that makes sense but also you've got a similar issue and yeah with bojack horseman where you've got oh what's her name alison brie is that alison brie um mm. fuck <laughs> i need to double check um but she she plays um, Diane um, in Bo in Bojack, yeah. and that character is meant to be Vietnamese, South Southeast Asian, Vietnamese. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to remember which one. But yeah, Viet Vietnamese. So um, yeah, there were, yeah, <laughs> there, we we shouldn't ignore like, and there's also um, obviously The Simpsons and yeah. Central oh God, Park yes. as well. Christian Bell left after series one. Like, yeah, there were, I think there were probably far more cases of white actors playing people of colour than the other way around. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cough, cough, Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. But I mean, sorry, going back to colourblind casting, because I hmm. still really want to talk about Bridgerton. So I've mentioned this to you before, Layla, but I need my rant mm -hmm. again. I find the whole casting thing to be so weird and problematic so so it's oh i guess this I is believe... the one i think is skin deep more so <laughs> this is not so much so it's i think the production is led by shonda rhymes who's mm -hmm. done stuff like um scandal how to get away with murder um yep. and shonda rhymes so sh so i think because it's kind of her production so bridgerton is I think it's fair to say the cast is made up of mostly white and black people. Mm -hmm. So there goes my first issue, which is what about everyone else, you know? And 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 this is why I don't think it was colour blind casting per se, because I think they were intended on hiring white people, obviously, and black people. Um and then my second point is why is it that a lot of the actors who are black happen to have eurocentric features not that i i'm not saying they shouldn't be cast into these roles but like what about black people that you know have dark dark skin and why is it that the main villain is the darker skinned black person if that makes sense like there's just so much Who's the main villain um the dad of the duke Oh, 
yeah, because he like especially his features. They're more traditionally like quite a wide nose, like very. Yeah, um, that's actually a good point. You know. Yeah, it just felt so. I don't know, just so planned. I I don't know how else to describe it. If it was unintentional, it was really clumsy. But if it was planned, then that's really just messed up. Yeah. It was like, oh, how do we, like, further develop the narrative of... I mean, yeah, it almost felt like they were they were given, like, the angry black man role to, yes. like, purposely darker-skinned men, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, there was just something kind of messed up about that. And, yeah, it, it's a really complex topic. I mean, obviously, I've I know that in season two, they're now... I think they've casted a South Asian woman to play the main love interest, but I feel like that's probably because of the criticism they've gotten from first season. I was about to say, I agree with that probably, because I feel like Bridgerton doesn't really feel that up-to-date, like it's a period drama, but it doesn't feel like the past 20 years have happened, really. Um, I would argue that there's there was a lot of still East Asian South Asian in the eighties and before that there were, even. but like representation on TV wise in America. Yeah, I mean they were doing yellow face and stuff like that. Yeah, they still were, which was great. Yeah. God. God. Yeah, no, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> Um, what else did I want to say? Oh, I think Merlin actually did a really yeah. good job Merlin did of really colorblind job. casting. I don't know if it, even it was colorblind casting, but I assume it was because it's a period drama <laughs> slash comedy slash a lot of gay romance. Uh, <laughs> there is loads of subtext, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think. Merlin, they did it quite well, especially with a character like uh, Guinevere. Like she was such a good actress. I don't know what she's been after, but like, where is yeah. she? I don't Let me know. Have a look now, actually, but yeah, no, I was really amazed by that. And then I also wanted to like ask. I mean, obviously you mentioned Luther, but do, do you reckon like say something like Luther is considered colorblind casting because? No. Oh, why is that? I haven't actually seen Luther, bearing in mind this is just, um, I probably should have made that clearer earlier. But I haven't seen Luther because I just thought it was boring, because it's not my type of TV show. But I like Idris Elba in his roles, because I think he makes them very, um, well-rounded. I don't know, he just makes them convincing. Mm. I think, I think... From what I've read, I think Luther was actually... I think they actually headhunted Idris. Yeah. I don't think he auditioned for that role. Because he'd done The Wire before this. Yeah, right. So that mm -hmm. put him on the map. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, no. Because um, I was going to say, like... Because there, there is that question. Does colourblind Carson only apply for period roles? And I don't think that's the case. Because no. from... I don't know, just kind of from my perspective, I feel like the default has always been white, white people for roles um, and it's it's usually, if, if a person of colour gets a particular role either it's because like the film is about this, I don't know this race war 
if you will, or like, or if it's not to do with race, then it's usually because, yeah, they had hunted the mm. actor. So I think colorblind casting can be applied to even non-period drama. And I mean, I, I don't know what the casting process was like for, say, like Star Trek, but mm-hmm. I mean, w- would you consider mm. that colorblind casting considering how diverse it was back in back in the days? Well, there's a distinction, isn't there, between colorblind casting where you leave the character open to the audition process or like well yeah because I suppose colorblind casting is tip- is just as a process of colorblind casting it's where you say this character can be you know a- of any race right so I guess there'll be some things where you've had diversity where it wasn't colorblind and some things where it is yeah but I don't I know just... what I'll say <laughs> No, it's fine. I it's just it's really interesting because yeah, I don't know. I in my head I'm just like, is color blind, uh, color blind cast in like ever gonna be truly that? If that makes sense, because I feel mm. like when people see a person of color, they're also thinking, is this person gonna be marketable? Like, will they yeah. sell yeah. tickets? And often the case, they'll end up going for a white person because they think, oh, like, this is going to attract more audience. That kind of makes sense because I feel like if it's a person of colour, they wait till they're really famous and, like, or they have, like, a really niche follower and everyone loves them before they do that kind of promotion. But if it's their white counterpart, it's they're up and coming, so we have to promote them more. They don't wait until they're super famous. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, it, yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I think the industry is changing now. Yeah, thank God. I don't know if it's because of, like, Inclusion Rider, like, really enforcing mm. more diversity in films, but... Um, I, th- I think you do have to, set to, some, to some extent, enforce diversity, or... Because, I mean... You shouldn't have to, but if people have so many preconceived ideas, you just kind of have to force them to do what they don't want to do for the betterment of the thing as a whole, which is... Depends how that gets put through. But I think it's good to force diversity if it's just really, really not there already. Because then then even if you force it, it still won't be like a whole wave of it. It'll just be trickles, really. But it's better than like the alternative, which is nothing. Yeah, I think we've seen that now, mm. actually, for mm. sure. So, and I th- I'm hoping it's something that does become normalised and mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. see better parts for all kinds of people. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that actually works. What was the time to wrap up? We've only spent an hour and ten minutes. <sighs> Bunk, Krogger, Tan, Sita, Pillion, Buggy, Backy, Paggy, Backy, Baggy, <laughs> Dubby, Coggy, Dubby again, but with a Y instead of an IE, Carry, Double, Piggyback, I have no word for this, Jaunt, Takey, Tag, CT, Peggy, I have no word for this is the right answer.